I'm so anti a million things I don't really know about. I'm actually not. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm actually not. The, the swastika's bad, but remember. It was like Trump, and then, what? We're talking intro to the pod here, episode 63. We're talking sleep training and getting kids adjusted from a crib to a bed. Michael's asking me for some tips because we've been here before. And I, Color number one from Long Branch here on the air. <laughs> so my husband's not around. <laughs> um, but yeah, you take it in steps. First, we were laying on the bed, then laying on the floor, then waiting by the door. But I tried to give agency, like, give me a thumbs up when you're ready. And then I right. sort of would force the agency, like, you have to give me, you have to tell me to go. You know, mm -hmm. not I'm leaving, but you got to tell me. Fine, I'll wait by the door. I'll wait on the outside. I'll leave the door open. So it's like a very... Agency. Yeah. I like that. Agency's important. As long as the kids yeah. know that they're kind of deciding to do it. I like to let them know she... I like to let her know she's in charge. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? She's not in charge, but... Uh, what's the word? Agency. Like, you can do it. Right. You can tell me, like, I'll stand here then. Or not here. Mm -hmm. But it, you're kind of negotiating all the way through as opposed to saying, fine, whatever. Each right. in little mini doses, like, well, I actually, I can't, you, you have your own bed. It's time for you to go to sleep, but you know what I'll do? I'll stay next to your bed. Okay. Right. I can't stay next to your bed anymore because you have to get some sleep, but you know what? I'll stand by the door. And when you're ready, you can give me a thumbs up and then I'll go, but I'll leave the door open. If you need me to leave the door open, you know, the real issue with being in the bed is I just end up taking a nap till 930 PM. This is all normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens it's awful. and then you wake up and you're like. You you basically put yourself to sleep. No, there's no right. There's no more thick sleep than that. That's the best sleep in the world. But it ruins <laughs> everything else. Right. You come down like the this. entire next day is done. You come down in the middle of the night is actually nine thirty p.m. <laughs> and you're like, I've, you, right. you you go to REM sleep at seven p.m. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. That's when I stopped being able to like work late at night because it was like waking up in the middle of the night and trying to work as opposed to like going back to work. You know, yeah. it's pretty common falling asleep with the kid. You put the lights down, you lie down, keep it quiet. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you fall asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a shock because she was a good sleeper. And now uh, it's just another thing. Another thing. Yeah. It's. But uh, what's my experience what's is my experience is most things are much more normal and universal than you think. Mm -hmm. So if it's happening to you, chances are it's probably happening to most people. That's what I've right. discovered in life. Right. It's the the internet's been good for that. Yeah, you know, and every time you, know. you ever have like certain things that you're going through or whatever it is, and then like somebody and you think it's like the most specific thing. And like yeah. you'll hear like a year years later from somebody, oh my god, I used to blah 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 and you'd be like, Oh, this whole time I thought that was just like my thing or like a weird thing that I was anxious right. about, but it turns out to be fairly standard. But there's a whole Reddit on murder suicide. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. Um, why? Why do you want to talk today, though? What's the uh, What's the press emergency issue? press conference? Um, I figured there was a couple cool things that we don't <laughs> discuss a lot, but uh, I watched the the Apple um, Worldwide Developers Conference. I think it's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific sure. technology. Yeah, yeah. So for some yeah. reason, I was like, "This is." We've been trying to, in general, stay a little more topical and on top of current things. Um, in the podcast as opposed to just whatever we want to talk about. Sometimes it's nice to be on top of things as they're happening while they're fresh. And with the new... Showing off. With the new AI. 
AI tools, we've been able to do faster turnarounds, so we're putting it to the test, right. which is cool. Right. Did you happen to watch any of the Worldwide Developers Conference on Apple? No, I did not, but I watched uh, some of the the response to it. Uh huh. I mean, you can, I basically go on and I'll watch like an 11 minute highlight of every announcement. Well, you're a former Apple employee, right? Exactly. So I mean, I have my uh, I have my credentials, so I can I can get access to the internet and watch. <laughs> um, I, you know, Marquise Brownlee, the tech reviewer, who's like an amazing tech reviewer guy on YouTube. Uh, like the, I'm not familiar with his work. You've definitely seen it. Anytime you've seen an Apple review or a phone or something like that, he's like the best content creator on mm-hmm. reviews. He sort of was the goat, is the goat of of tech reviews content. Mm-hmm. So he he, um, I think I watched I watched a video of him. He got to like beta test the latest uh, new first generation yeah. product that Apple has announced, which is the Vision Pro headset. I think just Vision. It's called the Vision. Apple Vision. It's called Vision it's Pro. Called Vision Pro. I think it's called Vision oh. Pro. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it's called Vision Pro. There's just one more thing. Oh, um. <laughs> so, it's one of those moments where, like in true Apple fashion, it's so mm. easy to be like, "What the hell?" And yeah. then Apple historically has always proved everybody wrong. When the iPad came out, I remember people were kind of laughing at it. When the iPhone was announced, it was kind of cool, but a lot of people, articles were written, no one will adapt to touch. Touch is not user-friendly. Yeah. No one will use this. There's all this hate. Right. I'll never give up my BlackBerry. Yeah, all that crap. So I always hear that echo in my head when I see first-generation tech products. But for some reason, with VR, it looks like a big ski mask, the Vision Pro. Like, you wear it like this, and wearables and stuff. There's a lot of, like... People who are saying this is the end of Apple or Apple stock is dropping and people, when will they learn people don't want to wear technology on their face? And I guess my main curiosities are, is this a step in the wrong direction or the right direction when it comes to technology? You know, so I so I actually went to grad school for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all right, well, I want to share my thoughts, though. No, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, well, no. To answer your question, in I so I went from 2014 to 2016 to a program at NYU uh, in the art school. Mm-hmm. They have a really good art school, and I focused on VR. And at the time, okay. everyone was saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the time, everyone was saying, oh, v- VR is on the precipice of taking over. It's it's just a matter of months. The the old VR waves were were silly when they all thought it was going to happen and. The 80s and 90s and early 2000s, but this is this is the thing. Facebook had just bought Oculus, and so I was I was building stuff in VR and going to these VR meetups and yeah. and everything, and it just kind of it just kind of didn't happen. And the whole time, everyone was saying, "Well, as soon as Apple releases their headset, VR is going to happen." Mm. And Apple just never released it, and so those those meetups just started dwindling, and fewer and fewer, fewer people showed up. And then crypto came up, mm. and all the VR people <laughs> suddenly suddenly were interested in crypto. <laughs> and I'm sure all those crypto people now are just suddenly interested in in, in AI. And um, so for whatever reason, Apple decided to delay that release of Apple Vision for seven years. Um, they probably knew what they're doing, yeah. um, and it feels like. Um, the product that they put out um, was probably very well thought out and very well timed. And I imagine it has something to do with AI. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that now is the time that what they want, um, what they want to build, uh, the applications are possible. But I think also um, 
a big challenge was the processing power. It, w- it was hard to build something that wasn't huge mm-hmm. and, and tethered to a, to a ceiling right. at the time. But now I think what it, whatever they've come up with, it's possible to process all of it within like a sleek headset, right. which just wasn't possible a few years ago. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that Apple always seems to find, not invent new technology per se, but find the thing about it that was the reason it wasn't working before and identify it correct for that, and then you go, wow. In other words, there was probably touch before there was iPad, but it just wasn't smooth. It didn't have that buttery feel or the interface that was so easy to kind of play with and work with, and Apple perfected that experience. In this case with VR... It's more like augmented reality. And whenever you put on old Oculus stuff, it's kind of just like unpleasant. It's disorienting. Mm. It's clunky. It's heavy. And you're completely cut off. So you feel very uneasy and anxious. And what I saw from like just watching a little bit of reviews of the Vision device, that that is the thing that I think Apple identified that they sort of cracked was the transparency of the lens right. where you can be in both worlds and have yeah. it fully integrated. It's more of a, you can have full VR, augmented reality or whatever, and you don't need another switch with your hand. You're using your fingers and your eyes right. to navigate. And I so thought- So ben, Tom- yeah. ben Thompson from Stratectory described it as th- the thing that was so difficult to figure out, but now that someone's figured it out, the most obvious thing in the world, mm-hmm. and we'll never go back. Yeah, that, like it's so it obvious you need to be able to see out of it. Did he yeah, it? he got a demo. Right. And he's like, yeah, of course, when you, like, you want to be able to see out of it and you want people to see you. That's, of course. But, but it's pretty brilliant. To, uh, that, that was not – I never, ever heard anybody bring that up yeah. ever. Both ways. Until, until uh, I saw it. I haven't used it, but do you, from what I understand from Marcus Brownlee's review, you navigate apps by looking at them. And it's – so the apps appear in front of your face. And you can, it, he said, inc- with incredible responsiveness, whatever app you're looking at gets highlighted, and then you just pinch the air with your fingers. And it, mm. so Apple always, always focuses in on, I think what they were trying to develop for so many years is that magical feeling of like, mm-hmm. wow, it's just working with how I want it to work. And then, like, you look at a search bar, he said, you look at a search bar, and then it starts, it's ready to, like, it, 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 it summons it, and it's ready for VO, and you can just talk. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I was like, that's the area where all this other stuff was m- missing in the other ones, usability and, and thing. And like, the creepy thing about the eyes thing is that from apparently it doesn't actually show your eyes. It shows a, uh, there's a camera inside that shows a projection of your eyes to the outside right. world. So he's like, right. imagine you're on a dark plane and someone goes up to you and you look up and the lights are dim, but you have these big bright eyes that would freak out. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know what that really will look like, but it seems closer to it just revealed to me and highlighted the reason why other stuff never took off. Apple sort of is revealing that. And just to explain a little bit what you're talking about from what I read Mm -hmm. is that um, the the device is actually taking a video of your surroundings and playing them back to you on a video. But they feel real enough that it feels like you can actually see what's going on outside of the mask. So the mask isn't transparent. But it's playing you a video back to what you should be seeing and then playing a video of your eyes to the people looking at you. So so it feels like you're in the room and your your brain actually can't process the difference between the video and the actual room. So you're looking at a camera feed of your surrounding. Yeah. You're, yeah, it's as if you're taking a, a, a video with your phone 
You know, like when you look, the videos are awesome on your phone. Like they're good enough that like if, if you were inside of it, you would feel like you're in, you're actually in the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, th I think that was the brilliant, that was the brilliant hop that they had. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that's what it is. You're not actually seeing through it and it's, you know, right. but, but they've right. created this sort of recreation render of your right. eyes to the world and the world to you. Right. So, you, I mean, you can imagine a situation where in, in, in a little while, all you get in the mail when you order a laptop is a keyboard mm -hmm. and, and the goggles and there's no screen anymore. You're just you're just interacting with this completely AR. Right. It's only got interface. native Apple apps on it now, but eventually, yeah, the idea is like you could be working on Final Cut or something and then just pull the screen up. And if you want it to be bigger, you just pull it up and start working. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all kind of exciting and cool. The question is putting something on your face constantly. Mm -hmm. But no one would have predicted like what is everyone going to want to hold a device and look down at it? We have a, yeah. we have the world around us and we do do that. Yeah. So th they're betting a little bit on loneliness, I think, whereas um uh Meta is ba is betting on social where they're saying you're going to want to feel like you're in a space with other people and Apple saying not necessarily, you're just going to you just want it to be awesome when you're there alone. Mm. Um that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. just like the, the, the philosophical question is, does this augmented reality, as opposed to being on a device, is a wearable that goes in front of your eyes, does that further connect you to the real world or further isolate you? Because this definitely, one of the biggest knocks on phones yeah. is that you're just, you're not engaged with the world. But if this is here think, and you're engaged, it's more integrated. I think it's going to be like probably social media where you can make the argument that how many billions of people have connected with people through social media and made forge relationships mm -hmm. unique to the internet, but that they wouldn't have had before, you know, who knows if you and me would have kept in touch as, as well without WhatsApp and mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram and all that. Um, so there, there's a bit of an upside to it, but like probably the realistic downside is there'll be this sort of artificial engagement with the world. But in reality, you're more and more disconnected from, What's actually going on around you? I can know. My question is, is, is in directionally, like to what degree is this a step? Is this closer to not being connected to the world because you're doing this versus put this down, put the headsets on. And then like you're surrounded uh, by 3D renderings of all your friends in a room who you'd otherwise just be like texting or FaceTiming with. But now it's much more so sim the simulation is much more true to life. Yeah, I actually kind of like welcome the the chips in our brain because it's it's more immediate than looking down at your phone all the time and using your fingers to like you think something and then Elon Musk said this you think something and then you're just limited by how quickly your fingers can move. Mm -hmm. Like why why are we limiting it? Why not just think it and then the WhatsApp po pops up right. or you look at it and the WhatsApp like yeah right like why is it better to not be so completely? I'm just yeah I'm saying it. it's certainly distracting so, yeah, from from real life experiences. But what's worse than this? Like I'm not paying attention because I'm here versus I see you and there's things going on around me. But I've just added to my environment. But at least I'm like looking out in some way. I don't know. Yeah. The obvious it seems like the obvious answer is like no you're putting on goggles and blocking your eyes from the world. Yeah. There's nothing worse. I think than that's that. the truth. Yeah. I think that's the truth. Um. But what about yeah. for people you could never be in touch with? I have this like idea of like being able to put on a concert or hang out mm -hmm. with people socially who are not around. But if you each created an environment mm -hmm. with your headsets that matched, and then you're it's sitting, it's possible there. we're better. It's possible we're better off without them. Oh, you know, like friends who move away, they move away. <laughs> you know, you are. You are uh... It's natural though. It's natural to to lose touch with people. 
you know? Not necessarily. I mean, it's natural, but it not, it might not might it might not be necessary. Yeah, it might not be necessary to stay in touch. I guess if you don't value relationships, you don't. No, but it's um, it's 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 a specific. It's very it's a unique relationship to WhatsApp, and so it's it's a WhatsApp relationship. It's a Facebook relationship. It's an Instagram relationship. It's not. Or is it an improved? It's not an in-person but is it an relationship. Im- it's not. But is it? A, there will always be in-person relationships. It doesn't supplement that. But does it? In other words, I feel like the world right now. If you're taking one positive of all the, everyone shits on social media all the time and constant distraction but one obvious positive is that the world is more connected when somebody moved to israel or far away they disappeared and now there is a space for a relationship of sorts that that didn't exist before a new type of connectivity which is what you're talking about before well is it a zero-sum game especially when you get a little bit older and have more responsibilities is it because you're spending time on these distant relationships you're not making new friends in your neighborhood in your community, is it as does one cancel out the other? If you if you couldn't if you couldn't stay in touch with anyone from L.A. Yeah. or Israel, would you make a bigger effort to make friends where you are? I don't would you think be more so. Open to it? I don't think so. You still need in person relationships. If I'm being if I think mm-hmm. about it and I'm honest, I'm not like closed to new things or new relationships mm-hmm. or new people. Because because I'm like spending all this time like on FaceTimes all day and in Zoom calls mm-hmm. with people. I'm actually not. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm actually not. <laughs> like, I'm not doing those things, but like this podcast we're doing now could be if effectively an immersive experience with a bunch of guests at, or, or a guest at a round table that looks and films and you could watch it as if we did something in person as opposed mm-hmm. to this two-dimensional like experience. Yeah, like, just, that'll be cool for... Uh... And does that mean Riverside? Yeah, does that mean an in-person podcast is is obsolete? I don't think so at all. You're just now you're adding I think you're you're it's additive more than it is subtractive. You you are imagine taking this whole Riverside call that we're doing and we put it all around us. We sit in a right. room, we all like do a, I don't know, environment matching in our headsets that we're look mm-hmm. and it pretty much feels pretty legit. Yeah. I don't know if it'll feel like the real thing, but it'll feel different than this. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it feels now more than ever that that's around the corner. And that seems more exciting to me than scary, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm not so scared about it. I'm not so scared about it. Um, but, yeah. But you don't care that much I about anything. It. It, 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 <laughs> it'll be a while, though, because the, the headsets are, I think, $3,500 now. <laughs> I know. That was re- it'll be a while before they're accessible to most people. Did you s- it, it, it's a gimmick for a little while. Did you see, like, there was a crowd reaction as, like, there was an audience watching the, the presentation, and people were tweeting, crowd reacts to price? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Apple Vision Pro starts at $34.99, and everyone was. <gasps> <laughs> like everybody, to me, it's a eight hundred dollar of device. I can't, I can't understand what they're going for here. Well, the the market are VR nerds, you know, Apple nerds. It, it, Apple products always start off pretty expensive. I, I, I know, but the the the, dis, the the biggest fail for me is that they're showing commercials of dads in their living room with their kids, right. hanging out, having fun, watching a movie, and I'm like, but you're gearing this towards businesses that want to try to use this. Like the price point mm-hmm. is not a consumer price point. So I was like, right. what the hell was that? Right, you just misdirected right. everybody to think everyone's going to get this for a Christmas present at right. 34.99. No. You know. Mm. So that was weird. I wonder if people are clamoring now to like I remember when when mobile came out, 
we all knew a ton of people who were like creating mobile like everyone was making an app that was like the new, mm-hmm. that was like the startup wonder if there's going to be a clamor for uh these ar apps now on their new ios yeah the vision os vision os right yeah there is there's going to be a developer a developer kind of chase thing for it the way there was like there was no app store originally on the first iphone it was just like a bunch of apple apps we forget right there was right, no app right. store just thinking about hopstop the other day you think hopstop is still going on what was that again it was the it was a way to find subway oh, yeah. directions. <laughs> that was excellent. Imagine if there's like just a small group of people still hammering away at Hopstop, not giving up on their babies. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like here's here's what we do that that weighs can. They're like Nick, <laughs> stop. Um, yeah, I'm curious because the way. Anyway, at the end of the day, I'm curious if this is a massive fail or if this is a. Uh, uh, the, another Apple game-changing du- thing, because their history's been good with that. The question is, you know, I yeah, know. I think. Or is it more like an Apple I think Watch? They have a pretty rich history of successful product launches. What do you mean another failed thing? And uh, or another failed? No, not another failed. Oh, thing. another failed like Google Glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, right. Or um, Apple Watch. I don't know. They don't announce numbers on Apple Watches, but not many people have them, right? <laughs> I know a lot of people with Apple Watches. Really? Yeah. They, yeah. They, I know. Yeah, for sure. I guess, but for certain industries, they're good. They don't seem. It's standard. great for um, like uh, if you're getting older. Um, I know someone who like they got a notification that their father fell. Oh. Like the 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 watch could tell there it was like a drop that was too quick. Oh. So they they called them. Usually, like, yeah, I, I just did fall. Oh, and I'm like, fine, but thank you. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. Why, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a fail, but I don't feel like it's a standard of product the way like the iPhone is insane. Right, it's not, it's not as ubiquitous, yeah. but uh, yeah, and I don't think this will be ubiquitous for um for a very long it time. It can't be the at watch that price. Is also like an accessory. Yeah, yeah. It can't this be at is, that price. It cannot be. No, yeah, I don't think it's meant to. I think they, if I was them, which I am in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I would want to – you want to sell it to the hardcore people who aren't going to give you issues. Like they want it to work, mm-hmm. and you work out the kinks, and, and then you make it better and better and faster and faster until you can lower the price mm-hmm. for – yeah, and it's working well. seems like the strategy is we price it so high that only the pros and nerds and, and like competent tech people will use yeah. this, work out mm-hmm. all the kinks that are inevitable because it's a new product before it's yeah. tested on a mass market, and everybody complains that nothing is working. Right. Yeah. It's it's also it's it's not so easy to make things cheaply. It takes time to figure that out. Right. Um, you know, they're not as good at making them yet. So they probably can't make I mean, I'm sure they're making money on it, but it's harder to make them for cheaper. Yeah. I'm just yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, it sparked my curiosity yeah. and uh yeah. we shall see what happens. Um I can see it definitely looks like a first generation product, like it's a bulky thing. You could see yeah. like Vision seven is like Basically, you can't even see it. You know, it's like completely transparent. You don't even see it, or their contact yeah. lenses. But there's one more thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing them the whole time. Yeah, um, you have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other subjects. Uh, the world is on fire. A bit. A bit. Leave it to Canada to get us to wear masks again. Yeah. They got to get their climate under control over there. I don't know what you know? it's one of those things I had no idea was going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know, the wildfires. I was like, yeah, yeah, the wildfires. <laughs> Are people wearing masks? No, but I mean, uh, I would. Outs- probably should. I would yeah. outside. It's actually palatably it's, um, like awful. It's 
I've never seen this ever. It's like apocalyptic. It's yellow outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Makes me think we're in, makes me think we're in a simulation. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Because like ever since Kobe Bryant died, things have just been so strange, and the amount of unprecedented events that have happened one to the next, mm-hmm. like in the span of a few years versus all the time I've lived before then, mm-hmm. is so odd. I don't act- actually believe we live in a simulation, but it just okay. is strikingly odd that all these random, weird, massive events of like cultural significance, health, public health significance, uh, seem to have all been condensed into the last three, four years. Yeah, doesn't it? Trump. I guess. Time. I guess Trump winning in twenty sixteen. It was like Trump, and then what? Like ev- Trump, so many like, things that are hard to believe. <laughs> Trump winning. Yeah, Trump winning made it feel like the. The dials went the other way of like the thing you don't think is possible. Yeah, is going to happen. That's like, why he's such an inspiration. And, yeah, I remember like um, LeBron. I think like they came back from like three games down or something. Like, like if I was betting, you would always bet against the thing that's supposed to happen. Yeah, for the last like several years. Yeah, yeah. Co- like COVID actually happening. Crazy. No, yeah. The, there, how many? There's been so many things where like Trump can't become president. That's never going to happen. Happens. COVID. Right. Th- there's not going to be. A, they're not going to shut down everything. Right. They did. Right. Uh, the, the, the fire in Canada doesn't affect us over here. It's not like the whole cl- whole sky is going to go yellow and the air quality is going to like not be breathable. It is. Well, it's all. It's also like um, the forces that were brewing for a long time were just coming to fruition. Like. Climate, I mean, w- whether you think climate change is human caused by humans or not, mm-hmm. it's the climate is changing. So things are going to start happening. Like there are going to be more fires and floods and immigrants. Like we we've known that for a very long time. Did you say fire floods like, and immigrants. Yeah, yeah, because of Fun. like climate Im- immigrants. Have you heard of we all? We have like, got, you know, We've got gonna, to have Alex Epstein on to just clear your mind. Yeah. No, well, he does. He say it's not happening, or he, he says it's not caused by humans. He says it is not um, in any way catastrophic. To the extent that it is happening, it's very minor and very manageable. And what's much worse is getting off of fossil fuels and energy that allows us right. to have the standards of living and withstand a, nasty, a harsh climate in the modern world. So what do you think when you look out the window now? It's, it's obviously harder to... It's harder for that to be an emotionally resonant argument when there's a natural disaster happening. The question is, historically, you'd have to ask yourself, is this unprecedented or does it feel unprecedented? Right. The question yeah. is, like, have there been, you know, like hurricanes in Florida, have they gotten worse or did we just start reporting on them more recently in the last decade? In other words, the 50 years before that, there were just as many area, uh, hurricanes, but people didn't live in those areas yet, so we didn't report on them. You know, there's right. a lot of questions beyond that initial instinct of, whoa, this all seems crazy. It must be because of this climate narrative that's true. Um, you know, like there's a lot of the, the, the Florida one was a good example. I, I looked into that and it was like there were a lot of areas. There's been population expansion. There's been areas that have been built up and cities built up. So now when there's a hurricane in those areas, which historically there's always been, we see it. You know, when you say you looked into it, what do you what does that mean? I listened to like Alex Epstein's response to that question about right. florida and anyone who's like has a counter narrative because you know what you, you look into it on the other side it's one answer 
It's climate change, climate change, climate change. I just feel like he's gonna he's gonna be like he's gonna be like water up to his neck one day. He's like, it's not climate change, it's not climate change. He makes a lot of points that are not so refutable. Like climate related deaths are at an all time low in history. Climate related deaths. His whole perspective on what the climate is. In other words, the climate is not some like naturally safe environment that we make unsafe by industrializing. It's the opposite. The climate is naturally unsafe that we make safe by industrializing. And we use this technology to make an otherwise harsh climate safer. Air conditioning, heat, uh, power, energy, all of those things. So can can it be both that like it's it's kind of this weird conundrum Mm -hmm. where it is safer, but by making it safer, we've also made it more. Uh, you know, whatever, warmer. Sure. And, and that so has it, consequences. It, it could and... be both, but I'm not convinced that it is both because the historical track record of catastrophizing about the climate goes back since like the 70s. Then they've been talking about population collapse, famine. They've been saying it that every 20 years this is going to happen. And in, ter- and in fact, those numbers don't pan out and have the opposite effect. We have more people. We have more resources. We have fewer climate-related deaths. Uh, we have a safer, cleaner environment than we've ever had before in general and more and more mm-hmm. countries are coming out of that so when i hear that i'm like oh interesting there's always catastrophizing and it's always based on these speculative models and the question is like does it pan out did al gore's predictions in, in convenient truth come true not at all so the question is now that we're in a wildfire the question is identifying the local catastrophes what is causing that and how do you deal with that uh i don't know that's an interesting question but the oceans are getting warmer like there is more water in the ocean. There is, like, no. Yes, yeah, slightly. But did a uh, did a? Uh, I'm not. I'm I mean, not. Yeah, but a, a slight. But a slight but, but the question is, does that lead to catastrophe? In, inevitably, and I don't. That's what I'm saying. The, the argument that an Alex Epstein oh, makes okay. is not these things do occur. The question is like, if a bunch of scientists, if ninety seventy, if ninety seven percent of scientists agree climate change is real, what does that conclusively mean? Okay, that's like saying you know. Um, that's like, you know, he gives an example of vaccines. This is forgetting COVID and all the controversy around COVID vaccines in general, 97% of scientists agree that vaccines have side effects. And if they said that, that, that vaccines cause harm now, like they narrowly do in a lot of ways, there's, there's side effects to vaccines. The question is what benefit do they provide? And it's much, much more. And the harm is very manageable. Like, that's the idea. It's not that they don't possess these potential harms and that there isn't pollution to, to consider, externalities to consider, and mild warming. We're talking about, like, a percentage of a degree. And if you look at the climate record and different histories and things like that, it'll make you think twice about the narrative that's being pushed on you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We so need to have him on. Not... Yeah, we got to get him on. But any, anybody who says it's not real, it's a hoax, is misinformed also because that's not really yeah. what he's saying. He's saying... This... That the humans have some feels, effect, but it's but it's this feels significant. I've never in my life experienced this before. Yeah, yeah. Years. So like when when Texas had those freezing things, he spoke about that. He definitely has to. I'm sure he'll be on the news at being asked this question. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the answers always some seem to boil down to like forest mismanagement, um, and a lot of the bureaucratic agencies and government right. that have totally mismanaged their responsibilities and have led to right. these wildfires. It's actually been the increased or the restrictions on development in the forest that have, yeah. you know, the, pres- so, you know, you know, you know, whose opinion about this? I'd actually like to hear like RFK. That, that, that's why I think RFK has a real chance. Uh-huh. Like um, having heard him speak about vaccines and some of the like some of the way COVID was handled and 
some of the like corporate uh, capture of uh, of politics. Yeah. I really like. Should we get him on? I, he's doing everything. He just did Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. Did he really? Yeah, I think it was five. Yesterday it was like five hundred eighty thousand views. People are. What did he recently he, comment on though that I sent you? And I said, "Uh oh, this is bad." I sent you something. Oh, Israel. Oh, uh, he. Oh, he said uh, the guy from Pink Roger Waters oh, is like stay strong. He praised Roger Waters. Listen, people are not. I I I, I kind of stopped. Uh, I kind of stopped cutting people. I kind of stopped pe- uh, cutting people off. What's the right word? Uh, signing them off. Uh, Whatever, like dismissing them, reducing if, them to. Yeah, I, I would just yeah, I would just be like, oh, not for me. Threshold, if, yeah, uh, yeah. If 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 they like criticize Israel, at this point, I'm a little like it's so mainstream and popular. Like the, the same way I criticize Afghanistan and like the Taliban, like people criticize Israel. I don't, I don't really think it means they're they they know everything about. Roger it Waters like, dressed up like a Nazi and started shooting guns all over his stage and has a pig I, has a I pig with doubt, a Jewish star on it. I I doubt I'd be surprised if RK knew about if most people know about that I know about that and also like um he could be wrong. If if I heard if I didn't have a connection to Israel and I heard the narrative I'd also be anti-Israel like like without I'm so anti a million things I don't really know about so I'm just like so so true like. Uh, I, I hope I don't like his Israel policy, and maybe for that reason he shouldn't be president. But um, for everything else, but the, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the and amount of overt him. anti-Semitic imagery and propaganda at a at a Roger Waters show is really disturbing. But who knows that? What do you mean? I I, I I'm I'm like fairly fluent in pop culture and stuff. I, I didn't know if he has. That no, the, kind because of the reason stuff at his concerts, the reason hot, I, I just know he doesn't like Israel. But the reason Roger Waters was in trouble in hot water was because he dressed up like a Nazi on stage and portrayed these things. And in the I heat of that any, controversy, RFK tweeted at him, "Stay strong." It was the tweet is that would happen. Yeah, the tweet he, was that that I sent you. There's been oh, there's oh, I didn't, I didn't even. You're so thing. out of touch. <laughs> That's what was going on. That's why he was more in the news. I, the thing is, I'm not out of touch, so that it can't be that big of a story. Like, you clearly didn't follow. There's a corner of the internet where it's a huge story. You didn't it follow wasn't on my internet. You didn't follow this story. That's all I'm saying. And then I sent you RFK's response praising Roger Waters in the heat of this controversy. That was the context. It wasn't a general uh-huh. endorsement of Waters. It was oh, that, this. All right. And I was like, ugh. Now I'm not gonna. That's not so cool. All right, fine, yeah. fine. I didn't know. I didn't realize. That's what I'm context. saying. It was Roger Waters defending himself, and I get it, artistic expression, whatever. But the amount of, given his positions on Israel and his stuff that's portrayed at his concerts of pigs floating in the air with Jewish stars on them, and then he dressed up like a Nazi and uh, and did this whole like portrayal, which is kind of eerie and disturbing. Is that true? hundred percent. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. He dressed like a Nazi. Why? What does dressing like a Nazi have to do with? You want his uh, defense of it, or you want his his rights, his human rights like stances? Because his defense, in his defense, he was trying to uh, he was portraying like fascism in his show. (laughs) Just look it up. I don't think that's very nice at all. (laughs) Roger Waters. uh, I really don't. I really don't. Um. Well, did you see what the New York Times did about the, the swastika in the Ukrainian army? What's that? They banned it? No, they they were. This floats saying... at Roger Waters' show over the audience. Oh, okay. Up. <laughs> um, this is him with Linda Sarsour, just chilling like a villain. Who's uh, Linda Sarsour? Okay, never mind. And this is from the show. 
Oh. But you that's, can love that's, RFK. That's a bad look, RFK. <laughs> <laughs> look. Oh, here's an that's even clearer one. There it is. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> but hey you, he played like he played hey you and it was sick. <laughs> um Did you see the comments we got on our RFK clip? Yeah. What were they? People pe- people just like they're like I mean, maybe they're bots, but they're just like 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 we we acknowledged his voice, we made fun of it for a minute, yeah. and then we talked for 7 minutes about how he's a really interesting candidate yeah. and we're excited to see what he has to say. And everyone's like um, and, and the comments were just like, he's not anti-vax. How dare you make fun of his voice? You should really listen to him and give him a chance. Like they, they just like, like they just find what they want to say, write it. And then it's go almost away. like, so yeah, the, the hearing, so the hearing is selective. I said, yeah, I feel bad making yeah. fun of his voice. Cause that's, it's a condition. We spoke exactly. about the condition <laughs> yeah. and then they it's, just say, yeah. Yeah. They're like, come on guys. Don't make fun of his voice. Everybody's like, yeah, voice is a pro- what we said. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was sensitive I agree to it. <laughs> um, um, what yeah. was I going to say though? I just uh, I forgot. You're talking about- oh, oh no, the, the New York Times. So the 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 Ukrainian. A lot of the people, some of the people on the front lines of the Ukrainian army mm. are wearing not just swastikas, but like the insignias from the concentration camp guards and like some of the more like vicious units within the Nazi army. Uh-huh. Um, it's like it's it's like they're wearing those patches on their uniforms, and so photographers would get them in pictures, and then put them out, and then the, U- the Ukrainian government would like strip those photographers of their credentials, so they weren't allowed to take pictures anymore. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times was was had an article that like, you know, um, it's a little complicated because you know we're supporting Ukraine, but there's clearly like some Nazis in it, <laughs> and that's what Russia is saying about them. So like it's a little bit confusing. And, and then the article kind of went on to say like. The the swastika is bad, but remember, remember, it used to be a Buddhist symbol, and not everyone who has a swastika really, really is is trying to like promote Nazism. There's a lot of Ukrainian pride mixed into it, so like, perhaps it's not as serious as we might think. Wow! And it was it was like, wow. oh, really, you gotta like you gotta push, you gotta vamp for the U- Ukraine right now. For the same, it's it does baffle. It's baffling. The same publications that find racism everywhere where it doesn't exist on this one issue have staked their position in support for Ukraine and, and excusing anything that may throw that narrative off. I don't get that. There's a really cool website I just discovered called Semaphore. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. By this, this guy, Ben Smith, who was the editor-in-chief at BuzzFeed. Uh-huh. He just wrote a book about all the social media news companies like um, Vice, BuzzFeed, Gawker, they, they've all gone out of business in the last couple of months. Right. He wrote this really cool book, but he has this site, Semaphore, and it's kind of like in in that moment where it's like sort of independent, where like they're not really like beholden to anyone. And like the news is really kind of short and brief and well done and mm-hmm. seems like pretty centrist and interesting. Um, so they like they just had an article of like uh, of like how all the different media companies are handling the fact that Ukraine doesn't want them to talk about how there's a Nazi problem, like like the big picture of like like not fo- not on Vox's side or CNN's side, but the fact that media exists and here's how all the different places are handling a, a, a particular narrative. So Semaphore is a cool it's a cool website. To it's check out. covering how the media is covering. 
Yeah, partly. Yeah, yeah. But like the fact that they would even do that, it's not. That's not the only thing they do. But the fact that they, they they're even open to that type of thing just shows like. It's kind of what Crystal and Cigar do. Side at the moment. Right, at least it, is, it, it is, but you see with Crystal and Cigar, they're, they're more and more getting like... Brand, their own brand. brand. Yeah, boundaries on like... Like Joe Rogan does something and they'll just put out a piece defending their friend Joe Rogan, oh. which is like, it's cool, but it's like... They're becoming like predictable. News show? Yeah, like what are you exactly? Right. Like... Um, Remember when this first happened when Russia... We did our episode, Russia invaded Ukraine, and we're like, I don't know how it's going to happen... Because it seems so clear that there's the bad guys and the good guys. Yeah. I'm not putting out. A, I don't have a position on it. For, I'm ignorant about the issue a lot. But initially, obviously, all the world sympathies were with Ukraine, and I couldn't even fathom how that would change. Yeah. But, but here but we are. Put that in the column of things you never thought would happen. Yeah, like there you go. Trump winning, COVID, Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So it just makes yeah. you realize anything. The 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 normalcy bias has been completely eviscerated. We used yeah. to have a, what, I think it's something called normalcy bias. I forget what it's called. But there's some kind of term in which everything right. happening the way it usually happens is what you think is going to happen. So, like, right. generally speaking. But there's been so many. That was another one, the Russian invading Ukraine. But now uh, all the sympathies were with the Ukrainian people, and it just seems so obviously black and white, good and evil. And yeah. I'm not saying my opinion about it has changed, but it's certainly a more confusing narrative out there over, like, reasonable well, people are against funding Ukraine now, and yeah. this idea yeah. of... We are responsible for, you know, having them tempting them to join NATO and moving the border and border closer to Russia was a provocation. That's an argument now that's floated about that. It's not just made by crackpots. It's made by like it's part of the reasonable discussion now. And you're like, oh, interesting. The line has shifted. The the line started shifting, I think, when it wasn't about Ukraine defending itself, but it was about like defending itself to the to the death mm -hmm. and taking weapons and money in order to do that. I think that was that's where it started to shift like. Like, 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 should you just broker a deal with Russia and, and avoid 100,000 people dying? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Or should you, like, fight until everything's lost? Maybe. And, and that's where sides started getting taken. I think the Nazi part, too, was like, uh, for people. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah now even more so. And just like yeah. that, it's not so, well, the you know, I don't know. And it just seems like it's, just, it's crazy that it's still going on, too. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, is there more? No, no, go ahead. I really like Vivek. Yeah, I haven't given him a chance really since you, uh, since our last conversation. We didn't talk about him per se, but you're like, I, you're like on the RFK train for now. Good for you. Well, um, to be you, to be honest, I just um, I heard Crystal and Cigar bash him, and that that was the last. That's as much. So you don't form your own him. opinions; only take theirs. I don't have time to form my uh, own fine. opinions. But tell me, uh, remember when Nachman on our episode said? I'm in, I'm in with Vivek. No, <laughs> I, I, I've just been like... The, the Indian fella. <laughs> um, remember you were like, do you watch Crystal and Cigar and Jetty? He's like, start again? <laughs> He's like, start again? You know what show I like? It's called Boat Builders. They build boats. I love that episode. Um, <laughs> by too. the way, so I want to hear their take on it. Tell me what you heard. But in, yeah. in general, my thing is... Not only is he like a young guy, he's somebody who's like, he's like fresh blood in the in the in this and energy and all that kind of stuff. I know people like to say I'm the outsider. Everybody says that, but he's a smart, intelligent, and uh, he's thought out a lot of his positions from like a political and philosophical uh, place. I think he understands the issues 
in a way that most politicians that are running don't. They go based on like personality and and charisma and they don't really have a substantive understanding of the issues and therefore they're easily cornered in gotcha questions and because they wonder what they're supposed to say, what their rehearsed line was supposed to be. Vivek has rehearsed lines too, but to me they're they're rooted in a real understanding of policy and issues and I find that really refreshing and the fact that he can really put his sentences together and present well. You know, he's not afraid of questions that could make him look bad because he stands by them confidently. And I'm like, he's like that, that you know, like the journalist will say, you don't think Russia's the top priority? I think it's a, it's a priority, but I don't think it's a top priority. Like he knows how to navigate the questions because clearly he's thought these through. And I'm like, this is nice. Is America ready for a president who is a culture warrior, though, who likes the culture war? What? It's, uh, he 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 just strikes me as. Um, what are you talking like, about? We had Donald Trump. I know that was a joke. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, th- I, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, go to me, that's not his there. signature thing. His signature it's thing not is. Signature there. In other, I I think he. He, if anything, like DeSantis and people like that are trying to like go against the woke, and he's that's a part of what he talks about. Vivek mm-hmm. goes for that. He doesn't shy away from it, but it's part of a much bigger platform and narrative that he's that he's talking about that I think is like. Very intellectually, um, intellectually holds a lot of water, and is is said with confidence and understanding, as opposed to just like canned, room tested, focus group responses. You know, that's why I like. Yeah. It. So the the clip I saw from Crystal Cigar, because Cigar had him on his podcast with Marshall, and uh, Marshall, you know Marshall. Uh, it's not obviously not Thurgood Marshall, okay. Marshall something. <laughs> he's very, he's really. I would love to talk to him. Okay. He seems awesome. Okay. And is it Marshall very a, smart? Marshall a co-host or a guest? He's a co-host of the Realignment podcast, and he's on the show sometimes, mm-hmm. like on on Breaking Points. Yeah. Um, he's also just like so calm, cool, and collected. You're just like afraid. I would be so afraid to debate with him. Oh. Um, nice. Anyway, but uh, yeah, they were saying like he he very much knows the culture war lines and is like trying to play those to to jump off of and get attention for himself, and like he doesn't really have um he's more committed to that than he is to any other value that's what they were saying maybe it's that's changed. what they said i thought that was their critique of him because then they're not really listening to most of his stuff um i think I, from the from the appearance the interview they did with him he seemed to be saying some inconsistent things with what his values are supposed to be in order to sort of sound the alarm that if you're on my side of this mm cultural debate then vote for me mm. um and so they were they were they were they were like pretty uh unimpressed with him they were like kind of pissed at him actually <laughs> maybe maybe uh he pivoted maybe he changed a little bit maybe know. cigar because they're both indian are they both the same uh that so could, he's that like you're out there repping for us be. and he was just 100 had a bias towards going after someone he doesn't agree with is, is cigar though more to the right than crystal or no yeah yeah he he's he, he's like you he's sort of like a uh conservative like in uh like not not trumpian like mm-hmm. not interested at all in the culture we're more like uh free market small government type of conservative yeah that's his uh, thing. well and I, then he and then he kind of pretends to be a uh he's he's like 27 Sagar? he always talks about his his like time as a reporter on the, on the cia yes. like it's like yeah you worked for like like a year and a for half for a summer as a reporter because you're only 27 <laughs> like how summer. long you didn't do it. You didn't do that much before. I didn't you, realize uh, he was twenty-seven. He's he's uh, I under thirty. He's yeah. under thirty. Oh, I see. 
Well, yeah. I'm throwing him with Vivek for now. If there's a guy, All right. because I just like the fact that he's kind of fearless in his sort of, he's willing to take positions that are historically, politically supercharged and controversial, but he just says it. Yeah. And then when you just say it and just say, no, I stand by that. Like doubling it, down yeah. from a pretend, then the audience goes, oh. All right, respect. <laughs> Better him than DeSantis. Like DeSantis, I just feel like is is so committed to like there's us and you, us and you. Like so committed to the vision. Mm. God, I I hope I really hope Trump just. I I rather Trump than him, honestly. Really, he's yeah. Uh, uh, Trump just did the smartest thing. Did you see what he did? He just kind of started saying like, uh, well, what's with this woke thing? Everyone's obsessed with woke, which is like going at the heart of DeSantis's entire identity what does he say i don't want to talk about woke i don't want to discuss he's, he's it. like no he's like no one can define woke no one even knows what, what, what woke is why don't, why don't we stop talking about woke which is basically saying why don't we stop talking about DeSantis? Uh -huh. oh that's clever DeSantis yeah. to me is also like classic sort of romney syndrome where like he can i think he's probably he'd probably be a very good executive and gov and uh and he might be a better president than a candidate well, you should because he's a key, what... he is governor. You know, as a governor, if you can be an effective executive and a governor, I'm sure he could do that job well. But you have to win, and when he gets up there and performs, it's very performative, and it's very like the woke Florida is where the woke goes to die, and we will stay. And he's just got an awkward. He's just awkward. It's awkward. That there, it's not that bad as much. Like you should, you should watch John Oliver's piece on him. Mm. He he seems to have like his character. I would say. He calls into question his character, oh. as obviously he will. Yeah, but um, he doesn't seem like a very good leader to me. I don't know. If you look at results like in Florida, he, um, he he handled COVID. I don't know if he knew what he was doing. He he like in retrospect, he 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 ended up being right about it, probably in a lot of ways. It doesn't mean you're like. I mean, there, I mean there, there's more to there's more to there's more to governing than being. It's like people need to look at you and feel like you have you have their best interests in mind. Not as a governor, not that, as like, a governor, you're much more solutions based and practically based because uh, you're not running on a national stage. So like, yeah, but he's running on a national stage now, telling half the country what the way you want to live is destroying the world. You disagree with him? Like, he's only going to lead half the country. What's he going to do? No, I think his argument, if you listen, and I, I don't know if he's making it well. But the argument is that it's not half the country is woke. It's that woke is this tiny minority of fringe left-wing activists, and most of the country is actually united. So then why is he talking about it so often? Because they are – I do agree that there's a real issue with wokeness. Uh, I don't know I if you – I think it's overblown. I think it's way overblown, and it, it suits his purpose for it that to be – That could be, but I actually – I see it as more of a – the reason I would lean one way versus another more to, towards the right than to the left is that I do think the worst elements of the left – are much more ascendant and resonant than the worst elements of the right. I think they're probably the same. The worst elements of left and right are. You not don't that see different. KKK kids television shows and uh, and uh, the, you know the worst right wing ideas of fascism ascendant in media, academia, culture. But you do see the worst elements of the left ascendant in those areas. Uh, I don't think the. The major institutions the in the country are lean to the left for the most part. Would you would compare like a gay character on a Disney show to a KKK show? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, so what are the worst elements of left? Like socialism and like puritanism and cancel and all that. And just but judging everything, in... judging everything based on race, judging everything based on e equal representation in, in, in not under the law, but in like checking off a box. Like these ideas that 
force people to judge people in this intersectional racial lens as opposed to just as individuals, like those kinds of ideas, turning True. people against people, that kind of stuff is embraced much more by the modern sort of widespread left and Democrats in general than the yeah. worst elements of the right, which are pretty easily dismissed and, and aren't embraced changing. by the mainstream. I don't I know. It's changing. To I, I, I have private conversations with people who say things they wouldn't have said during the BLM marches and stuff, you know, like more critical of, of that. But in the institutions, mindset. like you, there was a clip of Vivek on Meet the Press to go back to Vivek um, with Chuck Todd, and Chuck Todd is, is defending gender-affirming care for minors, you know, saying like, don't you think it's the parents' decision to take a 14-year-old or 16-year-old and give them double mastectomies? And that's Chuck Todd defending that. Mm-hmm. On N- on NBC, while Vivek is made to seem like the radical right winger for saying no, that should be illegal. Just like getting a tattoo before you're 18 is illegal, and smoking before you're 18 is illegal. That's this common sense thing that I think most people would agree upon. And Chuck Todd is out there saying, mm, "I think I think children should be doing this." To me, that's wild. At, at the same time, though, Chuck Todd got fired. He's no longer the host of Meet the Press because the ratings were probably low, and most people don't want to hear that. Where we are so, on the pendulum is interesting, but I think at the at, in the moment, in the current moment, you still have most of academia, most of media, most of um, academia, media, and major institutions, even in corporate America, that have a lot of these diversity, equity, inclusion classes that are that are well, that are racial sensitivity classes that are, I think making that I think are not good for culture and society. They're making people yeah. view everything through a hyper racialized lens. And granted, it's yeah. a fringe people of activists who believe that. But those ideas are much more embraced and integrated I, 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 than the I, worst I just, ideas of the right. I just think that fear is like six to eight, eight to 12 months old. And like DeSantis is running on fears that are that are stale already. I think I, th- I think his whole thing is going to start feeling stale. I don't know. Woke woke doesn't really affect. I don't not really. It doesn't affect me on a on a day to day basis in a way I can see. And I, I think most people feel that way. I don't think that's and true. And I think I think it does affect. How, me. how does it, how does it affect you on a day to day basis? How does it affect woke. me on a day to day basis? Yeah. For one thing, I have to be a lot more careful as far as my kids and what they're exposed to in what I thought okay. was safe places for them to consume whatever it is children's media because okay. youtube google those kinds of uh, disney disney plus like they all are embracing these ideas um okay. you know so i have to be more careful in monitoring that in a way i didn't think i'd ever have to be um i've been denied jobs because i don't fit the description of a diverse creative many mm-hmm. you know i've tried to pitch for different things and they said listen to be honest like right now a lot of the a lot of the what they're looking for is not what you fit racially or identity wise. You know, they're looking mm-hmm. for more. They're not looking for people who can compose the best music or this or that. It's not based on skills and competence. They're looking for people who fit a certain profile, which I find well, I'll survive it. It's not the biggest deal, but it's affected me. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's affected me, too. Yeah. So you asked the question. So it definitely okay. it's definitely there and a resonant ideology yeah. that's that's kind of poisoning the way people think about things. DeSantis it is <laughs> I'm just saying and I'm not like am I complaining about it oh no but it does concern me the direction and the tides in which and it's not like Biden is speaking out against it right but DeSantis kind of is whether he's exaggerating it and going too crazy whatever but Biden and Kamala and like Democrats and to the left of them seem to be 
not distancing themselves from it, but more like celebrating and and embracing ideas that I think are are not are like you know really troubling. You know what TikToks I love when it's like you think it's going to be an inspirational video. It's like someone getting ready to run, and on the background it's Biden speaking, and it's just him sort of like. He's saying something completely nonsensical. Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you seen no. this? other? Oh, he's like, it, like, and the caption is like, like, it was 5 a.m. I didn't want to go get up, but then I remembered this. And it's Biden like. America's describing one word. Yeah, I just want you to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, um, let's wrap it up here, though, because yeah. this was. Uh, anyway, that's how. It, this to be that, that, that's, that's where I'm at a little bit, and I'm not like saying it's. Uh, you know, there are people who have it way harder than me and I have plenty of opportunities and things and I don't want to discount that. But I'm just looking out on the landscape and as voters and people who are engaged in these ideas, like you kind of just have to go with what uh, connects with you. So anyway, good we didn't place get to then. UFOs. Oh, man, we got to talk about UFOs next time. Next Riverside. These Riverside ones are for like the these should be the Patreons, by the way, when we really get into the. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You know, just for the should folks. We put it up as a Patreon. Uh, Maybe to our. But that kind of defeats the purpose of being call in. If you want this to be a Patreon, call in. Oh, we went to some controversial areas, but we'll see. Yeah. I think I stand um, by it. Cool. Maybe we could probably have this out uh, tomorrow. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That's Buckle Up episode 63. Uh, the in-betweenness episode. I don't know which way. We have to point in all directions. Um, okay. Good talking to you, Michael. Let's put yeah. this up. All right. Shabbat Shalom. Santa's 2024 with you. Becca's the running mate. I can't wait. <laughs>